Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. <laughs> there is a ball! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la bonne chose, ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. Stanley pour les Canadiens, le 23e de l'histoire. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's gonna be sick. Matt O'Hayen with you. It is the Sick Podcast. I am the Hebrew Hammer. Tony is off today. Uh, for all my Jews out there, Shabbat Shalom, Chag Sameach. Full disclosure: this will be aired uh, as a pre-recorded episode because it is uh, the Jewish New Year. So I will be at dinner when this is uh, airing. So that's the reason why I need to fully disclose that because uh, Canadians rookie camp is underway and they have a game tonight at seven o'clock against the Buffalo Sabres. And uh, we won't be breaking that down just because uh, I won't be watching because I'll be, like I said, at uh, Rosh Hashanah dinner. Anyways, let's get this thing underway. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group, who are a full leading, uh, leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different. One day I will get that read right without stumbling. Uh, we're also brought to you by Playground. Playground has over 600 machines, poker tournaments, and Playground casino games, daily promotions, and unmatched customer service. Why go anywhere else? Located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. Also brought to you by La Bita TB Beer, brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bita TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bita TB, embrace your true nature. Actually, I saw La Bita TB in a depanneur not too long ago. It was a couple days ago. I think it was Wednesday night. And I uh, went to a BYOB place for, uh, for dinner. So I picked one up and had it. It was it was very, very good. And Yellow and Sammy have yet to send me that case that they had promised me about uh, five months ago. So um, not holding my breath. Anyways, um, like I mentioned, Habs rookie camp underway. Uh, there was, I know I spoke about it and Tony spoke about it when he was back, the golf tournament on Monday. Uh, we're we're going to give a little weekly recap of all this. Um that's what we're going to do tonight. So to do that, I brought in one of my very good friends and one of my favorite contributors to this podcast, Mr. Charles Alexis Brisebois. How are you? I'm good. How are you, man? 
I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Uh, the the weather is just how I like it. It's like 20 yeah. degrees, 18 degrees, sunny. We're done with the humidity, seemingly. I don't want to jinx it. Um, but yeah, everything's good. Everything's good. Other Like we were talking before the show with Aniello and Sammy, um, other than the Blue Jays, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, the Jays are, are really, really bad. If it were a uh... Uh, baseball podcast it would be a different <laughs> vibe from the the one right now if we're talking about the the blue jays obviously but you know with with the hockey hockey is back this week so you know i'm, I'm doing great that's it that's it uh as long as you're doing better than the blue jays you're you're doing okay oh yeah that's oh, how yeah, i see it Way <laughs> so um let, let's talk quickly because it happened on monday uh the golf tournament what were some you know Maybe things that stuck out to you that were said, that were brought up, storylines that uh, came from the golf tournament. Oh my God, the P word. <laughs> That's the only thing <laughs> I want to talk about. I thought it was a good line. And you know, we will come back to the P word. I'm pretty sure a few times this mm-hmm. year. And if, let's say in December, it's not going well. We are, we're all going to say we're going to write articles about the Habs are not going to be in the P word or whatever. I think it's going to be a storyline this year. Um, of course, he, the uh, Jeff Gorton had had to say that the, you know Kent Hughes said Stanley Cup or nothing. He was joking, obviously, and after that, he, he had the same expectations. The, the The direction cannot cannot just say, "Oh, we're trying to make the playoffs," because we know it's not realistic this year, and the expectations would be too high. So they they, they need to protect at at some cost the, the the players. And saying it like that make it resonate, of course. But I think they they're right. They they cannot talk about the playoffs right now. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked how they were just very upfront about it. They were realistic. They're not like, uh, you know, last year, I remember at one point, uh, maybe it was in January, February, where the Flyers were like in last place or something like we're doing worse than the Canadians, which is crazy to say. And, you know, John Tortorella goes out there and says, you know, we're still trying to make the playoffs like okay, relax. Uh, You know, not everyone is St. Louis of uh, three, four years ago who could go from worst to first. Mm -hmm. But uh, so I just, I really liked how they laid it out and they said, like, they're not expecting, they're clearly not expecting to make the playoffs. Multiple people who Tony and and I who have uh, spoken to this week said, yeah, they're probably not going to. I wouldn't predict them to make the playoffs, but wouldn't be surprised. Like crazier things have happened in an 82 game NHL season. Like me personally, I would put their chances at like 10%. And that's more than probably more most people would put it at. So if you had to put a number, what's what's your percentage wise on the P word? I'm going to say 2% just because I don't want to say zero because, of course, something can happen, but I, I just don't believe it. You know, they, they will have a better team than last year. That, I believe, um, they finished fifth from the from the last place. I don't think it's going to be uh, as hard this year because um, uh, all the young guys are going to have one more year with them. I hope they're not going to be as injured as last year. I think it's impossible to be as injured as last year. Mm. So with those progression i think they, they they can 
um, have a few more spots. That being said, the division they're playing in is is way, way, way too hard. And the Red Wings are going to progress. The, the Sabres are going to progress. The Sands are going to progress. And the four best teams of the divisions are going to be really good. I still believe that the Bruins are going to be uh, a really good team. I will uh, write them off the, 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 the when they will play bad. Not right now because mm -hmm. they have a lot of experience and everything. So there are really, really good teams in that division. And the Habs are not one right now. And that is why we need to to have that kind of process in Montreal because if we don't have that right now and we always stay a team that can make or can make or cannot make the playoffs you're not going to beat the the Tampa Bay's and the Toronto's and all those teams that are really really good and will be for a few years yeah and the the big thing you know a lot of people that you know and I don't I don't blame a lot of fans that want the playoffs every year even even given the current context I really I don't blame them because yep. that's what you want from your team. And it's, you know, even if you get, you know, bottom five in the league, worst place in the league, you're not guaranteed uh, first overall. And right. frankly, you know, a lot of these prospects coming in through the draft, they're not, except for Connor Bedard, uh, they're not, for the most part, franchise-altering players. Like, uh, mm -hmm. like in the NFL, there's one every year. Every year, this guy steps into the lineup right away, and boom, this team takes off. Um, even prospects that are drafted in the first round, not like I would say, ninety percent of them don't play their rookie, their first year eligible in the NHL. Yep. Uh, yep. Whereas in the NFL, you know, top four rounds, you're you're in there, you're in the starting lineup right away. Yeah. So it's it's a lot different. I like that they tempered expectations. Um, you know. I think the the reason for optimism going into this season, if you know people don't want there to just like flat out say like, oh, losses are the are winning losses are wins again. If that's not the way you want to look at it, is that you know last year they were pretty much at five hundred ish by January. You know the new year. Mm -hmm. They, they were a good team, you know. I'm not going to say they were a playoff team, but they were a 500 team by January. Yep. And people were saying that, you know, they'd be lucky to have 10 wins by then. So I, I agree with you. I think they'll be a lot better this coming year. Uh, obviously, granted, they don't lose 4,000 man games to injury. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I really think that this team, we're going to see some players make some strides. And I really want to see... You know, as many strides as he made last year, I want to see more from Kirby Doc. Uh, I want to yep. see what Alex Newhook could do. I want, frankly, I want to see more from Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. As crazy mm -hmm. as that sounds, those are probably the only two players you can't complain about mm -hmm. last season. But I want to see more. I want to see Nick Suzuki yeah. with a healthy Cole Caulfield hit 90 points. You're right, and uh, and I mean, it, it may be hard to to ask more for Cole Caulfield, maybe a, a 200, uh, two, 200 mm -hmm. feet players, but Nick Suzuki, you can definitely ask more, and it says a lot about his potential because, you know, he had 66 points, if I'm correct, last year, and, you know, at the end of the season, he was completely alone, and that's something I, I really say a lot, but uh, uh, on the center line, he was alone, so if you add um, a Kirby Doc with a little bit more experience, if you add Sean Monahan, if you add uh, Alex New if you had Christian Dvorak and everything, 
and you have a good center line. And of course, you have Cole Caulfield with him for the entire season. I think he could be a player who has a point per game or maybe more. You talked about 90. Maybe it could be a possibility for, for Nick Suzuki if he stays healthy, like he, he's always healthy. And if the guys around him are, are healthy too, I, I think he can make a really, really good jump uh, for the during the next season. Yeah, and the, the big thing is, is, you know, for me, when you talk about Cole Caulfield, is that everyone's ever it's the headline everywhere. It's been said everywhere. It's been written everywhere. You know that under uh, under Martin Saint Louis, he's played eighty three games and he scored forty eight goals. Yeah, naturally, you would think, okay, so take away one or two goals there, and there's your eighty two game season. I'm not. I don't buy into that just because, you know, what was the talk of Austin Matthews that he scored like, what was it, like 72 goals over an 82-game stretch, but that spanned over two seasons. Mm -hmm. And then last year, it just it just didn't happen for him, by his standards at least. Yep. Um, so that's why I want to see a lot more from Cole Caulfield. Uh, reports coming out from the golf tournament is that he looks bigger, he probably said he is bigger. He put on muscle. That's always a good thing. Um, so yeah, I just, I want to see more from him. I want to see, you know, maybe some passing implemented into his game. Not too much. I mean, if the guy is going to go out there and score 50 goals, I'm not going to complain that he had 20 assists, you know, like that's right. a little bit, uh, it's a little bit much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And he, he, he can improve obviously. And you, you, You're right talking about his shoulder because, you know, we, we all assumed when the his season was over, the Habs said uh, his shoulder is going to come off 100%. And right now, I think that's the case. So um, we, we kind of assumed that, okay, we're right about this. We we talked about the contract at the time. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, his shoulder may be stronger because when you have that kind of operation, you can come back stronger. So imagine if he, he, he is stronger with that shoulder and he is confident and he has that new contract and he plays with Nick Suzuki and the, the, the young guys are playing well and everything. He could have a hell of a season because he, I don't think he, 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 play, he didn't play the hockey for that long in his, in his life. So right now, I think he's just really, really happy to be on the ice. We know how much he loves hockey, how much he loves Montreal. So he, he can have a really, really good season if the stars align. Yeah, I agree with you. And the biggest factor in all that will be Martin St. Louis and how he manages mm -hmm. that room. Uh, because it's really easy when you're when, again, I don't want to say the games don't matter this year. I think they do to a degree. I think they want to be a 500 team like they want to have 80 points at least. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, you know, uh, the way he's going to manage that is when the games do matter, it's very easy to lose confidence. Just like when they don't matter, it's hard to motivate. Now yep. it's easy to lose confidence because you're playing for something. So that's going to be an interesting factor by Martin St. Louis. I just think that right now it seemed like last year until the injuries happened, nothing could shake the confidence of that team as a collective. There are obviously players that were struggling like Jonathan Drouin and uh, Christian Dvorak at points, but really as a collective team, I don't think much could shake their confidence, and I really, really hope that uh, carries them through the season. And I, I'm really curious to see what's going to be the mindset because, um, as you said, the 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 
the the importance of the wins and losses are going to be different and i i think last year the 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 way they were when they were losing it was not encouraged obviously but it means it meant oh you know we're going through Connor Bedal so it's not completely a bad thing but I'm pretty sure that the, the Habs wanted to 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 be at the end of the barrel in 2023 mm -hmm. and starts going up so I think right now when they lose they're gonna say oh no we're losing it's not gonna be the end of the world because they don't expect to to win the Stanley Cup obviously but I think they want to win and it's going to be interesting to see the impact uh, this has on Martin Saint-Louis because he needs it to to develop himself into an NHL coach who needs to win and we never had this opportunity before so we cannot judge so it's going to be the first year that we're going to kind of uh, going to assume okay now he needs to win uh, a little bit more is he able to do that how is he going to motivate the guys as you said so that's going to be an interesting storyline because you know Martin Saint-Louis if he progresses as a really good NHL coach as we all think he is it's going to be a hell of a season for him And you know what I hope we see is that, like last year, again, it was said all, it was written everywhere, you know, mistakes. I don't want, again, I don't want to say they didn't matter because, you know, players sat yeah. when they made mistakes. Yeah, and then, the, you know, like, or if they made a mistake, it's like, hey, uh, this is what you did. Why don't you sit in the press box and you're going to watch and just to see, you know, you have more time, you have more space, don't make that play again. And then you're back on the ice. Now it's yeah. like, I want this season to be like, okay, you made that mistake. That's like strike one. Strike two is like you miss a shift, whatever. Strike three is like, okay, you you got you can't do that. Like you're gonna sit a game because mm -hmm. now it's time where tactically you can't just work on the offensive play. I know they want to be an exciting team, but you can't just work on that. You need to get the defensive side down and That was, at least for me, I know, again, like you you mentioned that, you know, by the end of the season, it was basically Nick Suzuki and the Laval Rocket. Yeah. Um, I know that that'll naturally lead to some defensive struggles. But to me, like throughout the whole season, defense last year was a major, major issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're right about the expectation of you don't need to make mistakes because chances are that maybe no rookie is going to make the team. Maybe if there's a, an injury to, to Christian Dvorak or whatever, something, maybe there's going to be one. But last year, there were four or five rookies at the blue line only. So, of course, you, you're going to need to allow mistakes. And it was the first year uh, of the coaching staff, the first full year together. So, It was kind of a, an explosive mix. Right now, if you make mistakes, it's because you didn't listen last year because it's basically mm -hmm. the same team. And I, I know you're adding Gustav Lindstrom and you're adding Alex Newhook or whatever, but those were guys who played in the NHL. So they all have that experience and they all need to, to be held accountable. And I'm pretty sure they're going to be because Martin Saint-Louis, he, he showed it last year. He's not the type of guy who, who's just going to let it pass on what's really important for him. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I remember, I forget when it was it was definitely near the end of the season but i forget the specific game that it was but i remember there was one game where like he was pissed at the players because it, it was very rare that we said that the team as a collective didn't give a full effort in every game mm -hmm. uh you know i could say probably it happened 70 out of 82 games that they did give a full effort And then near the end of the season, like he got pissed at his players. He got, he was yelling in the room. There were reports of that, that he, you know, he was short with the media. Um, I, I, not that I want to see that, but 
that needs to continue. Like, cause that's how you don't, that's how losing isn't okay. Like you don't want, you're not going to make the playoffs, but losing still isn't, it's still not acceptable, you know, or at least the way you got to have a good loss. This is where good losses and bad losses, when you're a playoff team, they don't really matter. Now, when you're a team that's not expecting to make the playoffs, that's when they matter. Uh, so I want to see a lot of, uh, if they're going to lose some games, which they will, I want to see those good losses. And you're right to talk about the way Martin Saint-Louis is going to handle himself because when he was a player, he, he was known to not liking talking to the medias and he, he, he was playing in Tampa Bay. So it was fine for him, I guess. Um, but when he came to Montreal as a head coach, you need to talk every day. You talk two times a day when there's a game. So, of course, there are going to be moments when you're in a rebuild that are going to be way harder. And we wanted to see how he's going to react to that. And at, at first it was great, but at the end of the season, as you said, um, he, he was taking his ease and, and he was he was a little bit more incisive sometimes. So I, I wonder how many times it's going to happen next year because sometimes sometimes you, you need to do that. And I, I hope it's going to be at the right time for Martin Saint-Louis because if, if he uses that card too much, it's not going to be good for, for the players, obviously, but I'm pretty sure he has a plan about it. So moving on to the uh, rookie cap that opened up two days ago, Uh, or yesterday, uh, my mind is all, uh, it's been a crazy week. Um, but, uh, anyways, it opened up that we know. Uh, so the players took their measurements, weighed in. Uh, I'm not going to ask you how much you weigh, but I will ask you how tall you are. I'm six, two, almost six, three. Okay. So you have a, okay. So you can give a good opinion on this because I'm five, eight on a good day. Uh, so I'm not really qualified because anyone over five ten is like the tallest person ever to me. So, yep. <laughs> you know, the big talk is like, uh, oh, prospects are too small. The team's too small. Vegas just won the cup. They were just crashing and banging everyone. They were just bigger than everyone. And they just out muscled everyone is six foot tall, not tall anymore. Like I, I don't know because Owen Beck. He measured, he's six feet tall now. Uh, he measured in at six feet, just under 200 pounds. To me, that's a big center. That's, that's a big guy. I don't know. Am I off base here? I, I think it's, I don't think it's big, but I don't think it's small. I think it's, it's okay. I mean, for, for the NHL standards, it's fine. Um, here's the thing with the Habs. The, their defensive core is going to be really huge. All the guys are 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", Jack I think. So mm -hmm. you have really, really big bodies. And you you can uh, add to that Lane Hudson, who's going to be way smaller. But you can have that kind of uh, Kale McCarr guy. I'm not, I'm not saying he's Kale McCarr, but I'm saying he's that, that type of guy. And the, Hab, the, the, uh, the Habs, when they won the Cup last year, they, they had that, that big defensive core, but they had that little defense, defenseman. It was okay because he was around big guys. Um, so what concerns me is um, the, the forwards because Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield are, are not that big. They're, real, they, they're small, actually. Cole Caulfield is, is really small for the NHL standards. So I think you need to have those big guys Um, you can have guy, guys who are six feet, obviously. It, it's, it's also the way they, 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 they play on the ice. Obviously, if you, if you play small, it's not going to be okay too. So you need to have those Emil Einemann, who's a 6'2 guy. You need to have those um, 
those kind of prospects. But you can have, of course, obviously some little guys who are going to be uh, able to, to to play in the NHL and to kind of be protected. I know it's 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 a cliche, and they're they're not going to have a bodyguard on the ice, obviously. But you, you need to have that uh, that that equilibrium between the the, the 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 big guys and the small guys. So uh, speaking of that, uh, that middle ground, you know, David Reinbacher, he was the one who made the most headlines with the weigh-ins because at yep. the combine, I think he weighed in at 184, something around there yesterday or yeah. Well, so then yesterday, uh, yeah, I'm terrible at math then. Wow. That's embarrassing. Cause <laughs> I literally wrote it down. I tried to do the math on the paper. I was like, what's 209? You know, what's the difference there? Oh, 25. Anyways, um, that's why I'm a, that's why I was a journalism major. Um, <laughs> but so he, he weighed in at 194, um, at the combine and now he's 209. That is a tremendous amount of weight to put on in a summer in three months, four months, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, right now he's playing against rookies. I'm expecting him to look good. Uh, you know, by the time this podcast, uh, is done, you know, maybe, uh, he looked terrible at the game, but, uh, I'm expecting him to find his footing and look really good. Um, I'm excited to see him in the preseason. Like that is, that's a big boy, 6'3", 210. And, uh, you know, people talk about his physical presence on the ice. He can show some offensive ability. Like I really am. I'm, I'm really excited to see him play now. When I saw that he, he had 15 pounds, I was really impressed and kind of concerned because 15 is a lot to have for a, a, mm -hmm. an 18 years old. Um, that being said, he played pro last year, right? So he, he's going to play at the same place. He's still going to play in Switzerland next year. So he, he, he knows what to, to add on that level. So th that's why I'm, I think that that's going to be a, a good thing more than a bad thing. And he said that the, his team Clonin wanted to him to add weights. And it was the same for the Canadians. So uh, he, the, the fact that he's not going to play in North America this year uh, says to me he's going to adapt to that new weight for, for the, the, the next season in Switzerland. And then he wants to, uh, to, to keep that, that weight and just add muscle or whatever, but stay around 209, 210 or something like that. So he, he's going to have uh, 12 months with that weight before coming to, to, to Montreal or Laval next year if he plays here in, the, in North America. So I, I think that's a good thing. But yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see tonight what's what it's going to be about with, uh, with William Trudeau on his left. Yeah, and someone else who I'm excited to see. Um, I don't know if uh, is the is the game going to be broadcasted on TV? Like, am I going to be able to record this and watch it later? Uh, do we know it's this? not going to be on? It's not going to be on TV. It's going to be on uh, on the web for from the Habs and from Arias. Okay, so then it's definitely going to be possible to be rewatched. Uh, another player very excited to see play Logan Mayu. Uh, Jeff Gordon mm -hmm. said he will be getting the green light. It's uh, basically yep. all but confirmed to yep. uh, resume uh, professional hockey activities in, and be reinstated into the NHL. Uh, 6'3", 220, just again, like that's not, it's not Victor Hedman big, but that is, that is a massive person. That's a lot of weight to be putting into a puck when he shoots it. It's a lot of weight to be putting into a person. You know, uh, 
one thing that we always see on Twitter, the clips of his offensive play in the OHL, I want to see how physical this guy could get. Like, I want to see him because that, that, at that size, when you have that offensive ability, all you need to add to your game, other than, of course, is, you know, be defensively aware. He's a defenseman. He's a good defenseman. So he has a good hockey IQ. Add some nastiness to your game. Like, mm-hmm. look at David Savard as an example and, and how nasty he was to play against in the playoffs. Yep. Do that. Do that. And you will quickly be a fan favorite in Montreal. Yeah, you're right. And I'm in the case of Lugan Mayu, I'm 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 really curious to see what it's gonna be in the pros. I think it's gonna he's gonna start in Laval, but he could play in Montreal during the year too. So he's gonna play pro for the first uh, first time in North America. Um, you know, every time he did something good last year, a lot of people were saying, you know, he's playing junior. It's it's normal. He dominates, mm-hmm. whatever. But you need to remember that the kid played 16 games for the first three seasons because of COVID, because of an injury, because of a suspension, because of whatever the factors. He didn't play a lot. So the fact that he could be a plug-in in the OHL and be a really, really good defenseman is all you can ask about because he could not be a good pro when he played in the OHL. It's impossible. Mm. So he did what he had to do. And now I can't wait to see him in Laval to see how it's going to translate, how it's he's going to play. And as you said, maybe I uh, had a little, had a little uh, night, uh, mightiness to, to his game a la David Savard, for example. So uh, I, I'm really looking forward to the, the, the rookie camp, the, the training camp also, and of course the beginning of the season in, in his case, because he is a good prospect. He was chosen under those conditions because he's a good prospect. If he was not, if the player was not worth the risk, Marc Bergevin would not have drafted him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, on the offensive side, uh, you know, we spoke a little bit about Owen Beck. Uh, we spoke about two defensemen, another player. I'm very, very excited to see how he does. Uh, again, not, you know, tonight it holds some weight, but I'm really, once the preseason starts, because these are guys, you know, fighting for NHL spots, Uh, near the end of preseason, at least, is uh, Joshua Roy. Like, mm-hmm. we we spoke about him earlier in the offseason, uh, that he has a chance uh, to crack the team. He, he probably, barring injury, will play some NHL games at some point, uh, barring injury to him, because if there's injuries on the team, yeah. he's definitely going to play. Um, yeah. You know, so I think... Uh, I think that's a great get by the uh, by the Canadians. Uh, that's a gem that you know you need to hit on those. That's how you build teams. Is those fifth? You know you could hit on a first round pick. You don't want to miss on a first round pick. That's the key. You don't want to miss mm-hmm. on a first round pick. But if you hit on your fourth, fifth, sixth rounders, that's when mm-hmm. magic starts to happen. And uh, he has the potential to be uh, to be a very very good player. Yeah, and in the case of Joshua Roy, if you look at his season last year, he scored a lot, whether it's in uh, Sherbrooke with the Phoenix, uh, whether it's in uh, with Hockey Canada, and he played with Connor Bedard too. So, I mean, people are seeing something <laughs> with this guy, obviously. Um, and what I really like is, yes, he scored, but he added a, a defensive uh, a defensive play to his game. So he can play in PK and he can play on, uh, on, on the entire ice. 
and he can score. So that's really, it's going to be really interesting to see how this translates to the, the, the pro hockey, because if he can do the, the same things, well, I mean, he's not going to do exactly the same things because the caliber mm. is not the same, but if he can adapt really well to the AHL in the beginning of the season, he's going to be a really good tool for, for the Habs to call up and to inject some some life into this lineup, because at some point, the lineup is is going to need to add some life because, you know, the, the, they're going to lose a lot of games and it's going to be hard sometimes to 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 keep smiling so having kids from Laval who are going to play well is going to be really important and Joshua Roy has the potential to be one of those guys and you know not to harp on the past but it's just you know if whoever gets called up they're going to get their shot higher up in the lineup which is the exciting part because that's what they're there to be they're not going to be you know they might not get a lot of ice time but they'll play with the right players and it's not just going to be, you know, shoved in on the fourth line playing seven minutes a night. And uh, all right, you didn't have a, you didn't register a shot on goal. So uh, you're going back down to Laval the next game. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to see these guys be given real opportunities should the injuries happen, um, which is an exciting thing. And hey, who knows? Maybe even a Joshua Roy, an Owen Beck can force the Habs to make a decision just like Arbor Jack I did last year. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, every management is going to say this. We need those guys to to make sure that our decisions are really hard to take. Because if all the, 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 the rookies are playing bad at the training camp and the decision is easy, it's not going to be a good thing for the organization because they're going to go to Laval with not necessarily a, a whole lot of confidence. Uh, the team in, La, in Laval is going to be young too. So if they all have a good training camp and they all go to Laval together and they start winning together, it's going to be really great because all, all those good teams were, a lot of the good teams, sorry, are, are built on the foundation of the fact that they, they, the kids played together in the AHL and they grew up together in the NHL. Uh, you can think of the Tampa Bay Lightning, where a lot of players who played for John Cooper in, in Syracuse, they won there and then they, they, they came to the NHL and they won the Stanley Cup. So if you want to take that model, maybe it could be a, a good thing for the Habs if a few of them are, are winning games together in the, with the Rocket. Charles, thank you very much as always. Uh, enjoy your weekend and enjoy the, heart, the start of hockey season. I will. I will, my friend. Thank you. That was Charles Alexis Brisebois. Now it's time for six sports cards. Six sports cards. Presented by Sports La Tornade. Six sports cards is presented by Sports La Tornade. Sports cards, collectibles, and more. Visit the store at One Avenue de la Fabrique in Vaudreuil, Dorian. Tornado, Chris. How we doing? We're doing good. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing fine. You know, I know you're gonna sh- throw that the throw at me that the Bengals. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. That they sucked. They were, uh, you know, they, they were horrible, and it was embarrassing. I know. I, I feel Let's like get that out of the way. <laughs> it's 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 just, that's the way it is. I mean, look, the Bills lost. Uh, a lot of people didn't, you know. Once Aaron Rodgers went down, everyone thought that game was over too. So it's a mm-hmm. it's week it's week one. There's no reason to panic yet. Uh, your your Bengals are still a good team, so you, there's hope. Well, that's it. Well, that's it. You know, like I I, I uh, watching that. I well, I didn't watch the game because I was at a wedding actually, but uh, I was at the in the wedding party the whole day, so I missed the entire game. And you know, people are coming up to me at the wedding because I'm the Bengals guy, and they're like, "Oh, you must be pissed about your Bengals." I'm like, honestly. No, 
Because, like, yeah. I'm not going to say I was expecting the loss to be embarrassing, but I was expecting a loss. So, right. 0-1 is 0-1, whether you lost uh, 40 to nothing or 21-20. Uh, to 20. So, it exactly. doesn't matter. Exactly. Um, all right. So, uh, tell me. Tell me. It's we're getting We're coming up on hockey season. What's coming up? What's new? So what's new is uh, we have a new collection that came out this week on Wednesday. It's actually one of the uh, – it's Ultimate Collection. It's a 21-22 product, which is um, – they're a bit late on some cards still. They're still catching up from uh, post-COVID. But uh, we're going to open up this box here in a minute. Um, there's also uh, Bowman Chrome Baseball, which I have a box here. This was also out this week. Very, uh, very hot. Uh, two autographs per box and uh, there's the very hot prospects in there that are going for great money. Uh, we have metal universe hockey that just came out and next week we're going to be receiving uh, SPX hockey as well as the mosaic football, which for the football guys is kind of one of the big deals in football. Mosaic is very popular amongst the football guys. So that is what we have new in store and what is upcoming in the next week. So uh, if uh, we're gonna, we're now gonna check out this box. If you may, oh please, I, I, you know, <laughs> I always, I always find myself uh, when I'm on TikTok. Uh, you know how easy it is. There's this boop, 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 scroll, 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 and whenever there's a live pops up and it'll be a break. Or it'll be a pack opening of any card, any cards. Because like yeah. as a kid, I loved not only did I love hockey cards, I also loved Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Uh, it pains me to know how much money I have thrown away as a kid, not knowing what would come. But anyways, I digress. So I always stop, and I'm all I'm constantly watching pack opening videos. They're just they're they're very very exciting. So let's do this thing. Okay, let's do it. So I'm just gonna fix my camera so we can see a bit more of the box here. All right, so okay, so you might not see. Uh, I want. I want more importantly to see the box, and not myself. So, um, like I said, ultimate collection. Uh, it's twenty one, twenty two collection. So we're looking at a lot of. Uh, you know, we hope to get a Caulfield or a Zegris in there. Um, so how many? Uh, how many packs come in this box? So I'm gonna. Uh, yeah. I'll show you. Uh, this is this is this is actually a high end product. Ultimate mm -hmm. is one of our higher end products out of Upper Deck. Um, so there's not a lot of cards. There's only one pack in this box, and in this, oh. this is one pack. Um, as you can see, one pack, and in that pack is four or five cards. So we open our box. We got our pack here. Um, in there, I'm going to expect four to five cards. What's very uh, popular with Ultimate Collection is the Shield cards. So they're kind of like the NHL logo uh, that you see on the jersey. Like uh, a lot of them wear it here on the, uh, the NHL logo kind of on the chest here. Um, they're called Shields, and there's a lot of one-of-ones in there. So you can, you know, the ideal one would be to pull the one-of-one Cole one Caulfield Shield. That would be, uh, we'd go viral if we did it live here now. Um, I'm, pr I'm praying we do it. Because uh, that means that, you know what that means? That means you can ask, uh, you can, 
you ask uh, Angelo and Sandy to band together, we're going to make a killing off them. They're gonna exactly. Pay us even more to be on this. Exactly. So, it. so I'm going to show you how I do this. I got my, so I got a little decoy here that's kind of just a piece of cardboard. Stick mm -hmm. it on top because I know that the top card and the bottom card are mostly uh, what you call base cards or less interesting cards. So okay. uh, let's see if I can center this here. So I'm going to, we'll start from the bottom here. So my first mm -hmm. card is going to be a rookie jersey card. Um, we have a Sean Dersey, who's, you know, pretty good prospect for the Kings. Probably a card that's not worth too much, but uh, every pack has one of these rookie jerseys. So a lot of people like to do the set, the rookie jersey set. It's kind of, kind of interesting. Well, so that's. I, I was. I was going to say. You know, it's uh, just before we move on. It was. I thought it was really interesting that you know I didn't know what this product was, and then when I asked you how many packs are coming in this box, I was surprised you only said one. And then you pull out the pack. It's that thing was thick. It was. So thick. I was expecting. I was expecting. You know, like maybe. 12 15 cards in there but you're like nah there's five or four and i'm that's like right. wow those must be some crazy cards that, like that's a that's a high quality product right there yeah so uh already i see we have three cards left so there's only four cards in this pack the bottom one seems to be a thick one uh we'll hope it's a, a patch or a, a a autograph of some sort so this is our base card here we have a henry yokiharo for the uh, buffalo sabers who started his career with the Chicago Blackhawks. He's now with the Sabres. Not sure what's going to happen with him. He's on and off, but those are our more, uh, you know, base cards. So here mm -hmm. we're going to have our first auto. Um, here we have Adam Beckman for the Minnesota Wild. Mm -hmm. um, ultimate introductions. It's a nice little line within all the ultimate collection that uh you know it's not this is not a card that you do a whole set of because they're probably pretty hard to pull but uh right. you know it's not a sticker auto it's what you call a hard sign auto on the card which means the player um you know signed it himself so probably our biggest card of this uh this set is going to be very nice card it's oh going to be the, a very nice patch so um, when you get a three-color patch, that's also a nice... Uh, this is a hard sign uh, signature materials of Alexander Barkov. So it's not a rookie card. Um, mm -hmm. It would have been nice to pull a patch of a rookie, but still, nonetheless, uh, Barkov is, is very respectful, and uh, that's a beautiful patch. Yeah, so, that, it's, is it numbered there, or am I yeah, imagining right above no, the signature? No, this, uh, right above the signature... This is the last print. So this is the 49 of 49. Huh. So, so yeah. what what's the what would be the difference, you know, between is there a difference between pulling, let's just say if I got the 40 out of 49 versus 49 out of 49. So there's collectors that do first print and last print, but the most popular is jersey number. So if you okay. pulled the if you pulled the twenty two of forty nine for Cole Caulfield or you know let's say Barkov Barkov is number sixteen now the sixteen on forty nine is what we would have been worth more money than just okay. the others yeah so jersey number seems to be a thing that's that's one of the things that uh, 
that people go for. So I'm just going to put you back up here and we'll continue. So that was our bo box of ultimate. I want to call that, I want to say that was a average box. You could have done worse. You could have done better. That's mm -hmm. about an average box of ultimate because the, the patch card is actually pretty sweet. So, so yeah, that was, it was a beautiful card. It looked like, uh, that thing was, I don't even know, like as thick as my wallet. Uh, it's pretty, so I don't thick. know what, it's pretty thick. I don't know it's... what that says about, I don't know what that says more about, uh, my wallet or the card. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so how much, how much that again, that's a box, but it, it's only one pack. You yep. said it's a high end product. How right. much does a, how much does that box go for? Uh, in stores, people are selling between 280, 320. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, the, yeah. so you're pretty like you're expecting when you buy that. I mean, obviously everyone knows when you buy a pack of hockey cards, there's hits and misses, but there's right. gotta be some pretty good guarantees baseline in there. Uh, I wouldn't say there's a guarantee. Like you're not getting, for sure. You're never going to guarantee your money back. Um, mm -hmm. like on that, but like, let's say I put all those, those four cards up for sale right now. I'm not getting my money back. Mm -hmm. Um, because that wasn't the box or wasn't a shield or stuff like that. But I mean, that's what I try to explain to folks all the time is that if you're a collector and you get something you like or something like that Barkov card, if I, if, if I collect uh, Cole Caulfield and I just got to find the Barkov collector and I can do a trade and I can get something I like. And that's, that's part of collecting. You're not going to always mm -hmm. get the, either the name you want or the value you want, but that's as long as you have cards and you opened a box, then you have cards to trade. And every now and then someone will, you know, you might trade up, you might even trade down, except you mm -hmm. like the player better. So that's the fun of it. So, speaking of trade up and trade down, um, I got a note from uh, Sammy that we're going to be playing my favorite game here. Yes, we played once. We played once or twice before. I can't really remember. Buy or sell? I'm excited. That's, Let's do it. I've been. That's I've been right. Doing. So, I've been doing my research. I'm ready. Okay, good. So we we played this before. So I want you to think of yourself buying stock right now in the stock market. So I'll hit you with a few names that are talked about recently that are hot or whatever and you can basically tell me what you think if you're buying or selling at this time so the very obvious we're going to start with the very obvious first what um connor bedard well i'm i'm buying that I'm you're buying, buying that right yeah i'm okay. buying every day okay so um i like your choice i just want to i I'll, i'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate and and tell you on some people's thinking that come into the store now is that, mm -hmm. you know, his first card is not out yet and it's a big hype. So when the card comes out, people are thinking right away sell because of the hype. And they're going to, what some people are saying is they're going to sell it right away and buy, rebuy that card a year from now when it kind of goes down. Hmm. That's where I, you got to be careful because it might not go down. Like people, you said that about Connor McDavid and now everybody's wishing they would have bought yeah, back well, then it. with Connor <laughs> McDavid. So, and then I have people telling me like, yes, but Connor Bedard has got big shoes to fill and he can't, if he's not Connor, if he's not as good as Connor McDavid, he's a bust. Those are, those are big words, but it, it's, it's speculations, right? So everybody has their own opinion. Everybody buy or sell, 
it'll be interesting when the card comes out. Well, that's the thing. And like, you know, if he becomes what he's supposed to be, be what he's supposed to become, you know, and then he has similar career path to uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, where they, he wins three Stanley Cups. I feel like those people, even if he wins one Stanley Cup, like that, when he wins his first, that's yep. when I would be like, sell to the moon. That, Let's go. That's right. That's right. Stanley Cups do mean a lot when it comes to cards. So if he's got a few cups under his belt in a few years, then definitely you're, you did good. You did well to buy now and sell after those cups. So mm -hmm. that's a good one. Um, I guess I'm going to follow up with his, with a line mate. This could be a little bit of a tri tricky one, but I think that uh, Lucas Reichel needs to be mentioned. So if we're talking Connor Bedard, Lucas Reichel is the next top prospect in Chicago. He might be of interest. Yeah. I, you know, again, with, with guys that are young, that like really young, I'm going to always, I'm going to buy, I'm, I'm going to buy those because just the potential you're buying on potential is what it is. Right. So right. it's not, it's not like, it's like getting into Bitcoin before Bitcoin was Bitcoin is the way I see it. Like, like people say, Oh, there's never a bad time to get in. And then you get in and it, poop, and then it crashed. That's exactly. the bad time. So right at the beginning, I, I feel like is a good time to do it. I think you're right on Lucas Reichel, just because of a lot of speculation. If he gets paired uh, with Bedard or gets put on the power play with Bedard, uh, anything can happen. And I think his price is really reasonable right now. So that would be a good one. Um, another big name, uh, Connor McDavid. Oof, that's a tough one. Okay. So this is based purely off of my views of the Edmonton Oilers, but I'm going to, ah, I don't, okay. Wait, do we have a time frame? Like how long am I keeping this card for? If I'm... So I'll give you, I'll just give you a, a little timeline. Before, when they were in playoffs last year, mm -hmm. uh, before they were eliminated, his card was about $1,600. Okay. Right? So here, I just pulled one up. Okay. This is the, yeah. this is the old, the famous Connor McDavid. Um, before he was eliminated, $1,600. If you were to buy one this month or last month during the summer months, $1,000. Yeah, so I was going to say a thousand. So that card went down significantly this summer after they got eliminated, and everyone's saying, "Will he ever win? He'll never win. They're not in the playoffs anymore." So, as of right now, are you taking the chance that he is going to win, or are you continuing the ride down, or the you know? I, I hmm. You know, I'd really have to take a look at what the Oilers did in the offseason. Um, but like $1,000 for Connor McDavid, Young Guns, uh, that to me sounds like a good price. Um, I just don't, like, I don't think it's, the Edmonton Oilers are a team right now where it's like, I will never, ever, 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 if you're a Chris Jericho fan, um, buy into the hype. Right. anymore i can't do it. it they've fooled me too many times i'm not gonna do it but to the person who still does believe like talk to the biggest edmonton oiler fan right 
they're going to buy that card every day. A thousand dollars. That's, are you kidding me? What a day. That's the steal of a century. So I would, I, it's just cause let me ask you, let me throw one back at you. So I would not buy it. Uh, but I also, if I had it for a thousand dollars, I wouldn't sell it either. Um, I would hold it if it was mine, but here, here's my question to you. Say he never wins a Stanley cup, but he keeps winning those individual awards. Is that going to have that much impact at a certain point? Awards, not so much. Records, if he beats some records, yes. Um, Like we're talking, the numbers he's putting up is, you know, it's still early to tell, but, you know, look at the hype that Ovechkin's getting right now because of the records. If that happens, that's a whole other ball game. That's, That's like Stanley Cups. But okay. awards per se, it helps, but I wouldn't say as much as Stanley Cups or or records. Okay, so yeah, I um, mean, again, if it was my card, I'm holding it. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't jump on it. Uh, you know, just because again, I, I just I don't believe in the Oilers. That's a personal thing, though. If I was an Oilers so, fan, I would buy that card every day, though. The two biggest questions of of that you need to ask right now for Connor uh, Connor McDavid is. Will he get 100 points or more again this year? Yes. Will he be in the playoffs this year? Yes. If you say yes to those two questions, then I think that in May or or maybe in April this year, that card while they're in the playoffs is back up to 1,600, back up to 1,800. Then, then you might want to sell. But as of right now, I think you would be a good, a good choice to buy. So, because yeah. if you are answering yes to both those questions, and I, I, I really, I feel the same as you, as the both both answers are a definite yes, then you're you're more up to buy now while it's a bit lower. That's okay, why yeah, I like that, that. That's what I figured. You know, like how much better could that price really? get all things being equal right like he's not going to get a gruesome injury that'll derail his season uh the oilers are still going to make the playoffs like how much lower could it really get than a thousand dollars i i don't see it unless those unfortunate situations happen where there's a big injury or something yeah right so all right so uh moving on to a different sport a little bit um i don't know how much you know about basketball but Mm-hmm. I just stuck with the number one pick, Victor uh, Wembanyama. Is I'm gonna. Is... Well, you know what? How about this? You could say no. You could say no if it defeats the purpose. What's the price of his card right now? Oh boy, they're they're uh, they're at the. It depends on the set. It depends on okay. what set you're pulling from. They're not all out yet because it's the, the you know the high end sets of basketball are not out yet. The season's just mm-hmm. going to get started uh, shortly. So to put a price right now, you're looking at some of his university cards and stuff, which are going for you know if you get a university Bowman Wembenyama, it could be in the thousands of dollars. But I feel like as soon as his regular cards come out with his team, his actual NBA team, those are going to drop and. I don't know. I, I don't follow basketballs as close as I do other sports, but I've had a lot of basketball guys say that they're not convinced that he's going to be that great. 
So yeah, I, I heard I, a lot of hype before the draft, but and after the draft, people are saying, "Meh." Here's here's the biggest thing with basketball. I find is uh, massive bias towards players who play in the NCAA who are drafted out of the NCAA versus yep. players drafted out of Europe. Like Luka Doncic got traded from like after he was drafted, got traded right to Dallas because nah, he's not going to resonate with the crowd in Atlanta. Well, I'm pretty sure Atlanta would like to have Luka Doncic instead of Trey Young. Not that Trey Young is a bad player, but no. I'm still pretty sure they'd like to have him. And uh, Nikola Jokic was drafted the bottom half of the second round. And, you know, they said, oh, he's too big. He'll never make it, this, that, whatever. Ah, well, he seemed to have done pretty well for himself. So I I would take advantage of that. Uh, I'm not convinced he's going to work out. I would take advantage of that. I'm going to buy that. I'm going right, to buy Victor Wembanyama. But only if it was his NBA card. I wouldn't buy his uh, his Europe card. All right. So let's uh, let's go into my Colts now. What are you thinking on Anthony Richardson after seeing him week one? Or you didn't because you were at the wedding. And, uh, but I saw the highlights and he looked he looked amazing. Yeah, he um, I would I would sell, and I'll tell you, you would why. Sell it? Yeah, and and I w- I'll tell you why. It's nothing against him. It's against his style of play, because even. You know, Patrick Mahomes, we've never seen a quarterback with the running ability of, you know, you could go back to Michael Vick who started, uh, then, you know, as, and then you fast forward like RG three, uh, even, even, you know, he has more of an arm than most of these guys, uh, forget Patrick Mahomes now, but you know, Josh Allen, he, he runs 700 yards a season. That's a pretty good running ability. You never really – those teams and those quarterbacks are always in the hunt. They're always in the mix. Look at Lamar Jackson. The Ravens, as long as he's healthy, they're always in the mix. They never do it. So right. he just had an amazing game yeah. off of his uh, his first career game. I would sell it. I right. would sell it. Yeah, the only thing about Richardson is that he wasn't drafted first overall. Um, mm-hmm. So the hype – um, I actually have to say his card is pretty cheap right now. So that's, oh, wow. that's the okay. only, that's the, that's the advantage I have is I know that his card is cheap because he wasn't forced overall and because he hasn't proven anything yet. So in that case, it's not biased to my team, but I think Richardson is, is better than the, he's not getting much praise or anything right now. No one's talking about him. So, yeah. So I guess we move on to the next one. And well, let me, would be... let me ask you, let me ask you before you uh, shoot the next card at me, if he were to re- remember last year when Justin Fields for our uh, hockey fans, that's a quarterback for the Chicago bears, a running quarterback, just like the quarterback we're talking about now. Um, he ripped off like a 65 yard touchdown run, like three weeks in a row. Like is how much hype does he get then? Like, does that really, uh, does that boost up the price? Like a lot? It does. It does. Last year, last year I saw more people come back for Justin Fields. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So, okay, perfect. Um, I guess we got to ask about the number one overall Bryce young. Uh, I'll buy that. Uh, actually I feel like it's a card I don't want. 
personally because yeah i mean it's just the everyone's talking that the carolina panthers are still in the caleb williams sweepstakes like would they imagine has that ever happened before a team that drafts a quarterback first overall gets first overall again would they draft a quarterback again i don't know they're comparing caleb williams to patrick Mahomes. i I don't know. I could I could forecast I could see a trade happening if they came up to it at the end of the season, close to the end of the season, and they're looking like as if they were gonna get it, maybe a trade mm-hmm. um to get some assets. But uh I don't know. I, I don't forget that these cards and these players are based a lot on where they play, what market they play on, right. how right. good are they gonna be playing on that team. So as good as Bryce Young is how good is his team like you know mm-hmm. so that would be the question for for Bryce so so then i guess a good comparable i mean if he got to that level would be like the joe joe burrow's rookie year right because yeah. who the hell were the Bengals before they got joe burrow nobody right uh even when they drafted him who were they that year nobody they were they had the the shitty offensive line that you know was responsible for him tearing his knee um so i guess you take you hear that you take the chance on a bryce young and you buy that card because it can't be that expensive anyways that's right there's going to be lots and it's the same as uh you know the the football stuff is not all out yet for this year so it's still early in the season and for sure you're going to want to buy each product to see if you can get one so that's a good one um to switch up sports again, I'm going to go to a little bit different. Um, Coco Goff just won herself a U.S. Open, and I've seen a lot of – there's not a lot of tennis cards out there, but mm-hmm. the hype on Coco Goff this week or the last two weeks has been, has been you know, heard. So um, I just wonder, you think, you think she's going to continue to win? Should we be buying now or, or – or is this a one one and done? Or so before people murder me in the comments because they saw me go. I know who Coco Goff is. I just wanted to confirm that I knew her age, and I do. So I was right in my head. She's nineteen years old. Buy that every day. I buy that yep. every every day. I agree with you. I think that she's uh, up and coming. Uh, I don't know if she can do Serena Williams type, you know, numbers, mm-hmm. but at nineteen years old, who knows, right? She's already started, so well, she, that's, she well. That's the good. thing is, like, what if she does? Then oh. you're happy you oh. bought it, even you. though it's. Uh... <laughs> and you I think know you're what? A little for, more than happy. I think you're a little the, more than happy you bought it. For all the Canadians uh, listening, uh, you know, tennis is not a big thing in the card market in in Canada, and mm-hmm. you, I, I'm you can get some Coco Goff stuff for for cheap here because. Not some people might not know or care much about it, right? And that's where you can get your stuff. That's how that's how it's you know, that's just the way it is. So, all right, well, there you go. Um, uh, the only baseball, ahead. the only baseball player, uh, I put on there, and obviously, it's my favorite player, my favorite team, but the number, the numbers he's putting up are just insane. It's stuff that he's never, you know, people have never seen before. But Ronald Acuna Jr. is. He's about to go 40, 40 home runs, 70 stolen bases. Never seen in the MLB before. Uh, you think, you think is that, 
I'm starting to wonder, is that a plateau? You think it'll ever be done again? Will he do more? So I'm going to do, uh, I'm not going to do the same thing. I'm just going to ask it because I have you on full screen rather than, uh, you know, uh, uh, rather than Googling him. What's it? How old is he? I know he's young. Yes. He's got to be 26. 26. That's actually older than I thought. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm still buying that. I'm yeah. still buying. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I would, I think, well, he, he he's my personal collection, so I'm always buying Acuna. But right. if I didn't have an Acuna, I would jump on it now before the records start breaking. Um, right. He hasn't hit the 40-70. He's at, he's at 35 and 65. But uh, you definitely want to, uh, you definitely want to buy him now. I before it's too late. So that that's so my opinion on. So I let's. This has got to be, I mean, the way in my head, it makes perfect sense. Uh, I'm going to ask you to confirm. When you get a guy like, uh, let's, for our hockey fans, let's take Alex Ovechkin. Um, all the hype around, I, I, I don't even know how many goals he is away, but it's well within reach by his standards uh, yeah. from Gretzky's record. Right now, his card must be insane with all the hype around that. And because it's already insane because he's Alex Ovechkin, how, how much, like, let's say he's at eight, the, the record I think is 857. Is that right? 857. I don't know. Anyways, let's just say it's 857. Let's say he's at 855. How, yep. how much, how close is the price going to be? Like, are the two prices, like when he passes it, versus he's just right there like how how what's the price uh, what would it be like that i think that the ovechkin stuff is already high because i think people already expect the record to be right. broken so i think that the price is already there so it's not going to go up that much it will on a short term so the week that it happens there'll be like a two week I think there'll be a two-week wave where it'll might get a little bit crazy, but then it, it'll come back down and stabilize a bit towards what the price was before it happened. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to buy it, buy it before it happens or wait till a few weeks after for the dust to settle, the celebrations to happen. Once the celebrations happen, once it's, you know, I wouldn't say it's ever forgotten about, but it's less talked about. Mm -hmm. Then that would be more of the time to, to jump on the Ovechkins. So, so then back to, so then to bring it back to Ronald Acuna, I guess uh, is, is like, nothing's a guarantee, but obviously, but like, is it a guarantee that he's going to hit this record? There's about an 80 to 90% chance that he's going to get that record this year. He's at, uh, actually, we just checked it. He's at 36 and 66. Okay. So he's got, you know, four more home runs, four more stolen bases, and he's got it. Um, and by the way, that's, I don't even, I think the record's already broken. It's just that the 4070 is like, is like a mark where, you know, right. no one in MLB, MLB history has ever. Um, so he's got 18, 17 or 18 games left to get those four stolen bases and the four home runs. So, so I think it's a lot. Uh, 
So I would, so what was, I mean, again, this is your personal, uh, he's your personal collection. So what is a Ronald Acuna, you know, just your average base set, uh, you know, not the, not the top of the line set of baseball cards, you know, you're, you're right in the middle. Um, a Ronald Acuna going for now versus what could it look like after that? So uh, an Acuna Jr., if you have the rookie card now, it de- again, it depends on what set you're looking at, right? So you can have rookie cards that are at $50 and you can have rookie cards that are at uh, $10,000, $12,000 that I've seen. Okay. So um, I'd rather give you a percentage or, or, or a mark. Yeah, where, yeah, that's a good one. Um if if your card is worth fifty dollars now, once the record breaks, I would say it doubles. Okay, I, I would say I, I think that it would double. So what, is it, that is that the same case? Is that the case for you know top of the line rookie card, yeah, or is that yeah. like it's it's going to double, or because it's like top of the line premium rookie card? Absolutely, gonna- I think it. I think it'll double because. Like we said, I think he's going to continue that next year. Right. He, I think he, I think next year he gets stronger. Uh, he, there's no, I, I, and he, you know, I listen to a lot of his stuff, but he keeps telling like he learns every day and he he gets better every day and 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 he you know different challenges. I think he's you know he hasn't plateaued yet, so I, I think there's right. the sky the sky's the limit for this guy. So. All right, well, yeah. tornado, Chris, have, you got anything else for me? I had one last one. We can't go without talking about Joe Burrow. Buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it. You want to buy it, eh? Let me tell you, since week one and what happened in week one and what happened in the offseason and all that, you're definitely right about buying Joe Burrow because I've seen a crash and I don't believe he's a bust. I believe he'll come back and he'll be strong and I think that now, while it's at its, no, I wouldn't say all-time lowest, but it's right. lower. It's lower right now. You're definitely, you're definitely looking to buy Joe Burrow. You know, it's funny. I, I don't think. I, I mean, it's always co- recency bias, right? But like, when was the last time that there was, you know, that the price of his card after he signed his contract must have shot through the roof, and then five day, four days later. Week one happens and it must have just absolutely tanked. Yeah, the I the the Joe Burrow when he made it to the uh, AFC Championship game mm-hmm. um, was then you know between the between uh, beating between beating um, Mahomes uh, mm-hmm. the, that week and and going to the championship final that that week there was probably the biggest hype the and the hype. That was the all-time high, and now we're at a we're just a, a dip in the road right now. Yeah, I, I agree. So, I mean, so. listen for all of my football fans out there. If you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan, I'm like uh, Carrie Price, Aaron Rodgers. Just chill out. Just chill yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. He didn't have it. He didn't have an off season. He didn't have a preseason. He'll get it right. He got it right last year if they started zero two. Awesome. So that's all I got for players this week. All right. Tornado Chris, thank you very much. Thank you. That was Sick Sports Cards. I'm Matt O'Han. This was the Sick Podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. I don't know when I'll be back because uh, next Friday, I'll be attending this festival. 
Will I come back alive? Will I not? Who knows? Remains to be seen. Thank you very much for watching. Shana Tova. We'll catch you next time. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.